Blog Talk Radio. Carol the Coach. Sex, love, and relationships. We talk about it here. Carol the Coach. Compassion with contemporary relevance. I am a psychotherapist. I can be your personal life coach and I can help you with your issues. There are no problems too small or too big. You can talk about anything. Speaker, columnist, radio TV host, and commentator. Carol the Coach brings messages of wellness and empowerment within reach of everyday people every day. Almost five years ago, I lost my soulmate in an accident. He was killed in a plane crash. Life just for me has seemed to stop. There are groups all over the city. I mean, I teach one. It is a specific way to start thinking so that you shift how you see the world, which then shifts your energy, and then you feel better and you actually see things differently. Carol the Coach, always available to at carolthecoach.com. Now, I've got Russell on the line. I'm 47 years old. I'm a truck driver. I am married. I have a wife in San Francisco. Okay. I haven't been home in six months. My thing is, I, I don't know if I have a sex addiction or what the problem is. Why do I want what I can't have? And as soon as I can have it, I don't want it anymore. You're right on target when you say, I don't know if I have a sexual addiction. Well, guess what? Yes, you do. And you know what? That's my specialty, Russell. So you're at the right place. Continue. I meet women online and, and I'm in a different part of the country. I, I travel all 48 states, so I love sex. I hear self-esteem issues. You never felt good enough and you didn't feel like you were getting what you should have then. And you're re- enacting that now. Do you want to change that about yourself? Oh yeah. That is the million dollar question. If you believe you have a problem, do you want to change that? And so many times I talk to addicts that say, yes, after I acted out, I absolutely wanted to change it. But I didn't know what I needed to know to do that. And so if you're in that situation, there are so many resources for you. And that is why I am, you know, so excited about this show. We share resources. Now, I do want to tell you about a resource before I ask our guests to come on the show. I want to talk about something that we are doing. And if you're out there listening and you are in a relationship with somebody, and you really want to get help, one of the best things that you can do is to go to www.sexhelpwithcarolthecoach, and you will see a Help Them Heal website. Um, Help Them Heal is a new book that I have coming out. I'm actually editing the illustrations as we speak. And Help Them Heal teaches you both how to heal after sexual betrayal. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that you can't do this on your own. And it's so difficult when you're in a coupleship because you watch each other. Wow, you watch each other devastate each other. You know, her brain has been activated, and she's saying things that she would never have said to you before. She's doing things that she might never have done before. And that's not what you're used to. And then he, who is he? You thought you knew this man, and all of a sudden you're asking yourself, who is the man that I love? So if you can, um, 
if you can go to IRPM, the Early Recovery Couples Empathy website, and take a look at somebody that might be able to help you through this terrible ordeal. Um, it is the beautiful blend of help her heal and some early recovery couples work that could really make a difference. That being said, I interviewed these two, oh gosh, about a month, a month and a half ago. I was so touched by their story. Their book is incredible. It's already a best-selling book on Amazon. And so I want to welcome Rowan and Eva Hunter. Is it Eva or Ava? I asked that before, didn't I? It's Eva. That's what I thought. I've got a niece, and she spells it like you, but she wants me to call her Ava. So it always is so confusing. I want to welcome these two to the show. What they have accomplished is amazing. And their new book, I mean, Sex, God, and the Chaos of Betrayal. It came out a couple of months ago. It is zooming up the charts. It's already Amazon's best-selling book, one of them, in this kind of um, relationship category. And so I'm so happy to have you both on. I mean, you are just doing such good work. So, Eva? Rowan, welcome to Sex Help with Carol the Coach. Thank you. Thank you for having us again. Thanks, Carol. Great to be with you. Um, certainly appreciate the work you do, and uh, we recommend uh, your book, uh, Help Her Heal, uh, quite often. Uh, it's very helpful. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I don't know that there's a better written book than yours. And so I want you to tell me, and tell our listening audience, what compelled you to write um, Sex, God, and the Chaos of Sexual Betrayal? Well, I think um, for us, uh, I admitted to Eda, uh, this was 1990, we had been married about seven years. Uh, I admitted to her that I had a problem with pornography. And that began our journey uh, of recovery uh, 32 years ago. And uh, one of the things uh, that we, and of course, this was 1990. Uh, it was very little out there uh, at all. There was some help for the addict, uh, but there was nothing for the partner uh, with the betrayal trauma. And, and we just really kind of wandered in the desert um, for many years. We had a great counselor. But the thing that we kind of realized in, in, the, in the, uh, the hardship, the failure, the hard road, was that one of the things that would have been helpful would have been to have somebody that was very directive uh, and even task-oriented, not a taskmaster, uh, but, but certainly somebody that was like, if you do this, if you stick with this process, if you do this work, there's a there's a great chance that you might actually make it and not only survive uh, this infidelity crisis, but actually have a marriage that, that thrives. And um, so that's kind of how we uh, came up with our roadmap uh, for couples healing and the recovery journey that we take every couple on. Well, and I, I yeah. got to say, guys, that that is exactly how your book works. It's like there is 
this wise, wise guide or two, which would be Eva and Rowan, <laughs> who have put together a book that spells out what you need to get healthy together as a couple. Eva, what's your thoughts on that? Well, um, I know for me, it would have been very helpful for me to have had a therapist that said, that even knew the term betrayal trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like Rowan said, in 1990, that was not a term that was used. Uh, I did uh, hear the terms uh, codependency. I heard the term uh, co-addict. Uh, for me personally, I could, I could connect with some of those but it certainly did not describe the term betrayal trauma. I really could not understand why in the trauma I had just lost all self-control. My anger was out the roof. My sadness would would overtake me. Uh, Many days were very overwhelming. Um, And it would be hard to string a few days, a few good days together. so it would have been very helpful to understand what I was going through was very normal and that I would be able to heal from it. Um, also, it, in our roadmap, uh, we help couples look back as well. What set you up for, what, for, for, the, for the addict? What sets the addict up uh, to struggle in this arena? And what set the partner up to, to marry someone with, with the, this, this disease, um, we could like to think of it as a dis-ease. What, what is it? And so that, that was very helpful in our roadmap, but that took years for me to really understand. Well, I can understand that. And, you know, your story is so unique because it is so inspirational. I mean, to our listening audience, this was a struggling couple that had a good therapist, had some good resources, but didn't, I mean, we're all pioneers in this field, and you didn't even know about uh, betrayal trauma. And so not only did you figure it out, but you got so much specialized treatment. So, hey, Rowan, would you be able to tell us a little bit about what makes your story so unique? Yeah, I think, Carol, uh, certainly um, uh, our 32 years of recovery, uh, me uh, as an addict in, in recovery from my sexual addiction, and, and Eva uh, as, as a partner uh, dealing with betrayal trauma. And, and we've been work, our own work for 32 years. And, and then we both um, decided to go back to graduate school. We, um, we got our... Uh, a master's in counseling, and then we became licensed professional counselors. And then certainly um, uh, we wanted to really work in this particular area of sexual addiction and, and recovery from that. And so we uh, very quickly got our uh, CSAT certification, or we are both certified sex addiction therapists, mm-hmm. and we are supervisors. Um, um, through that organization, through ITAP. And then we also have another certification in sex addiction work um, as well. So we, we've not only had the recovery experience, uh, we've done the work, the hard work of going back to school as adults um, and, and getting our, doing our graduate work and continuing just that educational, the clinical piece as well. 
Oh, yeah. And so I think it's very unique in what we have to offer um, because of just the work that we've done over the years. Well, you know, let's just do a, a brief timeline, and you don't even have to be accurate. Discovery was <laughs> what year? What year did you discover the sex addiction? It was, it was February of 1990. Oh. So this month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 1990. February the 11th, 1990. Uh, we got into counseling right away, um, and we're in, we were in counseling for about two years, mm-hmm. and um, decided I decided uh, to divorce. Um, I could not handle really just my all my triggers, all my fears. I really just had no no control over that whatsoever. And so I thought the best way out would be to divorce. I wanted, I was a stay-at-home mom with two little boys. So I, I wanted to be protected financially, and divorce was the option. We were living in the state of Georgia at the time. Okay. That, so that, that, that was February 11th, um, 1990. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it typically takes three to five years for a partner's brain to heal and three to five years for an addict's um, recovery to become solid. Mm-hmm. So at what point did you go to graduate school? What year? Oh, this is many years later. We started yeah. when we were, let's see, I was 28 years old. 27. Uh, yes, I was 27 uh, in, it, when discovery happened. Today I am 59. I'll be 60 this year. So, and we have been in private practice for 10 years, approximately 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we started really our master's pro- in our master's program in our 40s and finished everything when we were around early 50s. So, yeah, Discovery happened, you know, 27 years old, both of us, and then uh, really, I guess, 13 years of, well, it, you know, the two years before the divorce, I like to describe as uh, two years of living hell because Eva was dealing with severe betrayal trauma. And I, of course, am just like trying to figure out my own self and uh, how to emotionally regulate myself. And mm-hmm. I'm living with this creature that's just emotionally just haywire. And that's, but that's the betrayal trauma. And we, we didn't even know what that was, and it was just two years of, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And, and then, so we divorced, and so we were apart for about a year, and then uh, we reconciled. In that year of separation and divorce, uh, I, I did a lot of my own therapy at that point. I, I like to say Eva had what I call uh, just really her grace awakening. Um, and, and yeah. Yeah. And things shifted. It did. Um, I had grown up with an alcoholic father. I truly did not think that that had affected me once I got married. I, I really didn't see how it had. Uh, however, what I did discover in my own work, that I had a lot of abandonment issues. Um, so, and then when Ron and I were uh, dating, uh, getting ready to enter college, I was 18 years old and became pregnant. I got pregnant. We both went to our mothers, and um, 
uh, we all decided uh, an abortion was the best thing for, for the situation. Well, it, it wasn't like a joint meeting. It was no, more no. Uh, independent feedback. And, uh, yeah, my mother was like, well, I had an abortion in college. She just needs to have an abortion. And that is a secret yeah. that Ron and I and our mothers shared. No one else in our world knew. And Ron, Ron nor I ever talked about it again. Uh-huh. So what I discovered, I had complex trauma. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of things that uh, that had set me up, for one thing, um, but also a lot of un- unhealed wounds. Right. Oh, I can imagine. And that happens to so many of our listeners is that they have mounds and mounds of issues around abuse, neglect, yes. guilt, shame, and it all accumulates to the point where their depression, their shame, and their guilt is huge. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so then I'm still trying to get this timeline. Um, you you had many many years to heal, and you yes. must mm-hmm. have at some point felt like, as the grace occurred, and your mm-hmm. brains, both of your brains, were healing. Yes. You wanted to put some purpose into this horrible ordeal, right? Yes, we did. And we wanted to really focus on our children. And I'm so grateful today that that's what we did, that we raised two sons. um, And it gave us more time. We really felt the calling probably um, in our 10 years, I don't know, five to ten years. Rome felt it sooner than I did. Uh, I was just really unsure of my ability more than anything. Uh, now I understand, you know, I, can, I have a lot of experience and a lot of strength and a lot of hope to offer other people. Um, however, I, I did not think I could do that in my own ability, for sure. I wanted all the training. I wanted to make sure that I am helping and not harming mm-hmm. anyone. So uh, well, I, I probably put the brakes on more more so. Uh, but we did. We focused on raising our children. We were a family that we did not have secrets. So they really knew, knew what we had all gone through. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, age-appropriate levels uh, we would share. And actually, one of our sons works with us today uh, in our practice. He's a C-SAT. Our other son is married to a therapist. She's getting her PhD in geriatric psychology. So we we really embrace this world of 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 healthy, emotional people uh, and doing your work and understanding where you came from, what has set you up to be in the position that you're in today. Um, Yes, as we say in the book, you know, so much of this work, we've got to go back and collect the dots, uh, and then we've got to start connecting the dots, and then we've got to start working to correct the dots. Mm -hmm. And so often people are just unaware of how the things that they grew up in, uh, the relational trauma, the emotional trauma, uh, the deep effects that it has, and and how it plays out in the relational dynamics. Well. you know, I know that you, throughout the book, you know, although you differentiate porn addiction, or pornography addiction, sexual addiction, right. but you call it also um, sexual brokenness. 
And so you felt like, Rowan, you were sexually broken. And that's what your book talks about. And would you share a little bit about that roadmap? You know, when people get your book, and again, I want to remind you that it is Sex, God, and the Chaos of Sexual Betrayal, the couple's roadmap of hope and healing recovery from infidelity, affairs, pornography, and sexual addiction. When they get that book, what are they going to read? Well, first, uh, you know, we just we tell we tell our stories um, mm-hmm. and and how we got to where we are and why we do what we do. Um, and then even with that, you know, the first step we we really uh, work with a couple is this idea of owning your story, and that's where we're going back. We're beginning to look at the family of origin, and we're beginning to understand the setup. You know, how how did I get set up uh, to become uh, you know, sexually addicted. Uh, where did that did that just fall out of the sky? Well, no, it didn't. Uh, I had two other brothers. My mother's attitude was boys will be boys, and we had porn on the bedside table. Um, and so uh, there, there's a setup uh, to all of this for all of us, and and certainly with Eva, uh, she had her setup as she said earlier with just growing up, alcoholic father, and all the shame and hiding and um, those pieces growing up in that type of family system. And so it's the owning your story is where we really begin. Um, And then I'd say the overarching piece that we're certainly trying to do with the partner when when discoveries happen is the number one thing is that we are comforting the hurt um, because that has to happen. And Carol, as you know, we we have people that have gone to see another therapist that doesn't know how to work with this right. and um we hear just some terrible things and and or they've gone to see their pastor and you know god bless the pastors but they really need to stay in their lane um, and they get some real terrible advice and now they've got uh, they, they got therapy trauma because they went to get help and it got worse mm-hmm. because of what they were given and so we do this idea, you know, owning your story and then comforting the hurt. And then we we have groups that we do. Um, it's just what we – it's part of our ministry. We don't charge for these support groups that we do. I do a group for men called Walking Free, and Eva does a group for partners called Brave Sisterhood. Um, and the very first thing we're trying to get them to do is get plugged into a group. They've got to get connected. The community aspect is so essential in this healing process. And the husband cannot help the wife heal because he has not walked in her shoes. Uh, He can certainly comfort the hurt and create safety, but her healing is going to come in that group setting with other women um, that have walked the same path that she has. Mm -hmm. And then his healing is going to come with other men that are further down the road and, and are figuring this thing out, and that's what they mean. And so it's a, it's kind of a both and. Um, and then we do a couple's recovery, uh, just the couples that are part of those groups. The first Monday of the month, we meet uh, as couples. Um, and then, you know, just the, we do full disclosure in this process. Uh, we do what we call a trauma wall. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, People may be familiar with trauma egg. We just put a little twist on it. 
I think it's actually a better a better metaphor because in essence this trauma is just like another brick in the wall and we're building these emotional defense systems uh, because of the trauma. And so we're going through the whole process uh, with the couple together because what we call our overall roadmap is a movement from false intimacy to true intimacy. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that even come out in the owning your story that they really weren't aware of in the other person's life that's their supposedly uh, lifelong partner. Um, and so it's just that it, it really is a journey of awareness and self-discovery. Uh, we always say there's no such thing as marriage counseling. Uh, it's two individuals that are willing to become aware, do their work, and grow. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really like that That um, because what I advise is to do early recovery couples empathy work, which is not mm. marital counseling per se. It's teaching him how to respond to her. And you're right, Rowan. You know, nobody can do the other person's healing. Although I do think they can help each other. Um, We like to call it, they become one another's healing agent. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And really what what you're sharing right now, Carol, is a skill. I mean, that everybody has the ability to learn a skill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, you can't see it behind us, but we use it all the time. Your the AVR, acknowledge, validate, and reassure. Right. It's on the whiteboard, I think. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's something, and that comes from the workbook that uh, you wrote, uh, How to Help Her Heal. It is excellent. excellent. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much. And again, you two talked about such an important concept, which is that uh, therapy-induced trauma that can occur when a professional sure. doesn't know uh, how to really work with a couple or with a sex addict or with a partner. And so as supervisors of certified sexual addictions therapists, you know, I've always thought I've done about everything, but I have never been a supervisor. And so not only are you training uh, people in our field to not do that, also living and walking your talk. I mean, Mm. you really are the epitome as a couple of post-traumatic growth, and Mm. you just keep giving and giving and giving. And that, that really comes from the biblical principles you believe in, doesn't it? That's right. 100%. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, we will never retire, <laughs> ever. We will do this for the rest of our lives. It's really we might slow down a little. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember she's the one driving this bus, Rowan. <laughs> Thank you, Carol. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once a bus driver, always a bus driver, Eva. But I would agree. He, he's the head of the household, and he gets to say, hey, we get to slow down a little bit at some point. Now, I heard you're both in your 50s, late 50s. Well, well Rose is 60. And I'll no, no, I'm in my 50s. I'm 59. No, I'm, no, I'm 50. I just turned 60. And yeah. I'll be 60 this year. Yeah. Okay. So you're just starting the 60s. And let's face it, I mean, when you love what you do, 
you know, I said I was going to retire at 65. I'm 66. I'll be 67 this year. And I'm like, well, I'm leaning into it, but I don't know how, you know. I always say, I, always say I, feel, like, I feel like I'm just getting started. I mean, this, this is like, because it's just, it really is. And you think that when we're, we're blessed, we're fortunate because we really do both love this work, we love what we do, and we love investing in lives that certainly God brings into our path. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it is, it's hard, uh, but it's also fun because we get to do it together. Um, yeah. And our son, uh, our oldest son, uh, he works with us uh, as well. Yes, and yeah. even in my own family of origin, my, my dad, he, we were very instrumental in, in our, I think we're in our late 30s, uh, and did an intervention with him, and he went to treatment, and he became sober. Um, and then he and my mom were very involved in the AA community for years. He passed away this past year. Um, so, you know, we are we come from a family of uh, of recovery. Thank goodness. Well, that's on your side. <laughs> you know, you, you can't take it all with you. Uh, uh, both of mine, they took it all with them, all their addictions, shortcomings, and character defects. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can take it all with you. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. So yeah. can I ask you a couple of additional personal questions? Because our listening yeah. audience can, can tell that you don't hold back on anything that will help somebody else. That's and right. so I know you've probably heard this too. I've got a lot of clients that say, I need to write a book. I need to write my memoir. Um, and they're always afraid to do that for fear of how the family will react to the public exposure. And yet your family sounds like they've embraced that. How did you work through that or get so lucky or how did that happen? that writing this book was approved of by the family? Um, I think for me, for me, uh, I was a little slower in the process of really wanting to put it all in a book mm-hmm. um, because there were some even, you know, more extended families that did not know all the details, right? So I did have some, some fear around that, um, just not wanting – absolutely not wanting to hurt anyone or uh, bring shame to anyone. Um, However, because of our openness and the support that we've received, I told our story and we've done it in churches. Uh, We've been on the internet and radio radio for a while. And so everyone really did accept our story. Um, uh, you know, and, and our children were very supportive, um, you know, because we have been open for a long time. I would say we've been very open for about 20 years. Oh, and yes. it's really until for, for me personally, it has what has healed the shame. I, I am more shame resilient today because I have told it and I have received love and, and respect and from telling it. So that actually helped. Well, it, it really is a lot of freedom. When yeah. You just, uh, I don't know. Here I am. <laughs> uh, here it is. Uh, and I, you know, for us, I, I, I didn't have a lot of that. I, I'm an eight on the uh, so, And I'm a seven. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I, what other people think, 
I, you know, I, I try to think about that maybe, but I'm not real concerned about it in some ways. Um, However, I am. Yeah. <laughs> Ava's my handler, as I call her. Mm-hmm. She, helps, she helps me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but I think because we just, like, I mean, we went through the divorce. Um, our family, either, I mean, I like what happened, what that was about. Uh, like Eva said, they didn't know the details, but, I mean, you know, that, that certainly, um, the secret was out there. And then just over the years, we've spoken in different places. We've been on the radio, and um, and so it, I think I think writing the book, uh, I mean, Eva certainly had more concerns than I did around the family piece, um, but because of just everyone knowing the story, um, we were able to put it all down, and uh, okay. it's been well received yeah. by the by the family. Yes, it has. Well, I, I was going to ask you two um, structural questions. One is, how long does it take a couple to go through the roadmap? And, and I don't know about finish it or complete it, but at least feel the healing from the roadmap. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say to get through a lot of the task, it's a good year. Okay. And it at that point, they have enough information, and they're able to see, is my partner really willing to grow? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then they can make some hard decisions if they need to if they need to do so. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, we're always telling, we're, we're, we're trying to tell couples, just kind of, you know, pump the brakes. Uh, you're, you're, this is crisis mode. Don't make any, you know, life-altering decisions. Try to give it a year. And then engage in this process, and and as you know, Carol, it, I mean, so often with this level of crisis, uh, which we believe it is the highest level of crisis in a marriage, short of the death of a child. Me too. Um, and at this level of crisis, I mean, you're putting out, you're, we're doing a lot of fire drills, right? And and so, so the, it, it just staying on task. Uh, it is difficult because oftentimes we have to spend, you know, an hour uh, trying to trying to put the fire out in the fire of the week. And then, so, but if a couple was to really just like, okay, here's what, and, and we we just went through it. Yeah, it's it's going to take nine months to a year, and that that's we kind of designed it that way, um, or it maybe just turned out that way. I don't know if we're that smart, but. Because we tell the couple in a year's time, and, and you're going to know, especially with for the partner, uh, you're going to know if if this guy is truly wanting to change and wanting to do it different, and and that this gives you the ability to step back and to see and to know whether this is going to be uh, good in the long run. So the partner me- will figure. The partner will tell you that. Let, yes. me, let me ask you, because I know you've had some of these couples. I've got one right now where she is so badly wanting him to get on board and work strong recovery, and he's not. Um, he, mm-hmm. And not only is he not working strong recovery, I have to be careful. I don't want to put out too many things that would identify them. 
he's just done with the process. I mean, he'd been in mm. treatment, and, you know, he threw it all away. When he got home, he didn't want anybody to see it. That was what mm. consciously he said. But unconsciously, he didn't want to deal with that anymore, which keeps him, again, up against that wall that gets higher mm-hmm. and higher and higher. What do you do with a couple like that where they're both in front of you, but there's some real resistance in him? Mm-hmm. So we many times if there's a couple of options we may take to her. We encourage you to just work on yourself, right, and, and right. become very well boundary. Uh, we will present a therapeutic separation agreement uh, that make, that gives them an option, at least her an option, to find some safety uh, for herself to create her own safety and not stay in a in a in a situation if he is unwilling. You know, willingness really is the key. Oh, if I, someone is not, yeah. I know that. You know, that's the first exercise in help her heal is. Are you willing to do what you know she needs and what she knows she needs to make her feel safe? Because that's that first safe betrayal. But now it's going to take time for her to really to to create her own safety, right? Because she's gotten she's been so tied into the relationship. You know, uh, the Patrick Carn wrote the book Betrayal Bond. Uh, which is really a, a trauma bond mm-hmm. uh, many times that the couple has between them. I think once they understand that or she understands that, um, she begins to see, oh, my goodness, this bond is not healthy. This is more wrapped around trauma. Someone who has loved me intensely but has also hurt me intensely. Mm-hmm. That's not what real love is. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, and for the, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was going well, to say, yeah. Eva. You clearly do what is so important. You get them to working on themselves. Yeah. And and yeah. and Rowan. They would really. <laughs> I get that. And so, yeah. Rowan, what would you say to him? You know. Well, if if a guy's working with me, um, I, I kind of lay out my treatment program uh, on the front end, and um, I mean we. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a good problem to have, but like we have, you know, waiting lists, uh, like two months, three months of, of couples wanting to get in to see us that want to do work. Um, and so the guy is going to, if he's working with me, he's going to be involved in my Monday night group. Um, and the beauty of that is uh, uh, we have a, there's, there's a, 40 guys that come to this group on Monday night, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a core nucleus of, of about 20 that have been there uh, over the long haul for about, I don't know, eight years, nine years. And so there's a critical mass of guys that get this stuff. And if that guy's in that group, um, it's kind of the idea of I, I, I turn him over to the tribe, um, and, and I let these guys begin to start speaking into his life. And uh, they're not afraid to call him out, and they're not afraid to run him off in a way because if he's not doing the work, uh, he is a detriment uh, to, the, to the overall group because um, we're, we're all about getting better, uh, getting healthier, uh, certainly not perfect. Uh, this, this process is lifelong. But that's one of the great benefits of just having a, a strong support 
group system and and guys that are actually getting this stuff and moving in the same direction. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Oh, I love and, that and answer. I love that yeah. answer because, you know, the truth of the matter is I have a helper heal sex addiction group, and then I have a helper mm. heal teach the book principles and talk about how it applies to your your life. Well, in the sexual addiction group, I will have a man that says, you know, she is not doing anything for me. And when does this change? And I'm getting tired of this persistence and I'm not going to put up with it much longer. And of course the group, that critical mass you were talking about gets together and says, dude, are you kidding me? You've been cheating on her for 22 years and you expect her to change in eight months. Dude, oh, that is not realistic. It may take her 22 years. It, it may take her that long. That long. That's what we all tell these guys. And, um, I, I mean, that, but that's the beauty, and I believe it's one of the critical pieces in, in actually people getting better. Is, boy, those, when you develop that strong uh, community, uh, authentic community, because mm-hmm. um, the cure for what ails us with all of this, I believe, uh, even I talk about it all the time. The cure is connection, because in essence, at the root of this is what we call the intimacy disorder. Um, we don't know how to connect with another human being in, on a deep level. And if I always tell these guys, you know, you get ready to be in in, in group world, and you're going to start the practice of true intimacy with other men. Now, I always have to tell them you know, that that doesn't mean sex. Intimacy is just simply uh, knowing and being known. And developing deep, intimate friendships with other men is a critical piece of a man's growth and journey. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree 100%. And I always am telling the guys and the women, because I do a partner betrayal group, you know, what you practice in group. Mm-hmm. You can then do out there and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And when Absolutely. you have role models that are doing it the way that is helping breed connection, um, mm-hmm. it's a win-win as long as you're open to that. And okay. I, it, it makes it a lot easier for us when there are 10 other people talking about how they got through to their wife by being oh, yeah. in good recovery and relational recovery, right? It's not just Absolutely. sobriety. Yeah. And, and really in these groups with these men, you know, we, we I always tell these guys, like, nobody's here to tell you. Like, we all, every one of us know I've got to get sober from this thing, whatever the this is, right? Whether that's porn or affairs or, or strip joints or prostitutes or it, it, whatever the thing is. We all know, oh, I, I need to stop. So sobriety is just a given. And then what we're really looking at in the group is, you know, what's up underneath this? How did you get here? What drives this? Um, and, and those are the roots of the intimacy disorder that, that lead to the acting out behavior uh, brought on by the emotional dysregulation uh, and the, the attachment issues. And so I'm telling them in these groups, we're really kind of, you're you're recreating an emotional relational family experience, um, and because you grew up in dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so we're really kind of creating a healthy family system in this community. 
And that's the bigger picture, I think, in all of this recovery work. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you too, you seem like you have had enough of your own experience, and then you put it together with clinical training and being a certified sex addiction therapist and supervising others. Now you've written this book. You've got a very well-manicured approach Mm -hmm. to getting healthy. And, you know, what a contribution you are to the community at large, um, whether that's to CSATs, whether that's to your couples, or whether that's to our clients individually. Uh, As we wrap up the show, is there anything Mm -hmm. you want to add about sex god and the chaos of of betrayal? I would just say um, you can find the book on Amazon. Amazon, uh, Our website is roanandevahunter.com or just Roan. And my name is spelled R-O-A-N-E. So it's roanandeva.com. Um, and so that website, oh, sorry, well, it's both, we get, yes, you, yes. you got a couple of ways to get there. <laughs> if, if you get close to it, you're going to find it. Um, but yeah, uh, and, and on the website, it's just more about us. Uh, we have a video, uh, of our story as well. And, um, and then just links to the book, more about the book there and, and even resources, uh, on our own, uh, podcast and some other things that we've done are available there as well. We also, uh, our practice, LifeWork Counseling Practice website is lifeworks.ms. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being such a positive contribution to the world. And I'm glad to hear you're never going to retire. So our listening audience knows they have uh, have you available, but I hear you've got a lot of following and you've got a waiting list. So if you're wanting to work with these two, the first thing I would ask you to do is get their book, read it, so that you can really have a thorough understanding as to how they work. And again, that book is Sex, God, and the Chaos of Sexual Betrayal, The Couple's Roadmap of hope and healing recovery from infidelity, affairs, pornography, and sexual addiction. Thank you so much, you two. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carol. Enjoy being with you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Okay, so that was Rowan and Eva. And I'm telling you, do look them up. And there is just so many opportunities They have given you so many opportunities. Go to their website. See if they've got any free resources. You know, make that happen. I love resources. Don't you? I know you do. And I've got some free resources on the IRCM website. I've got the 10 recovery tools from Carol the Coach. I've got a trigger busting map. You can get that. Um, If you sign up for that website, you want that couple's guide to healing, Uh, that I put together, that's right, I put together something called the Couple's Guide to Healing, and you can sign up for that. Now, I will admit, when you sign up, it will allow me to be able to let you know of other workshops I'm offering, other groups I'm offering, and more importantly, 
it'll help you to identify the amazing ERCM specialists that are there to help you that have been trained specifically by me on the early recovery couples empathy model. And I love what Rowan and Eva said because this first couple of years after discovery is all about crisis, and that's why we got to teach you the skills. So please go to that website. You can get there kind of by the same uh, description of this show. It's Sex Help with Carol the Coach, and it'll flip you right into IRCM. That being said, if you are a clinician or you're a coach and you want to learn this work that I am uh, teaching, you know, I'm leaning into retirement, but what I'm doing is I'm trying to play it forward and, and reach the masses and get them to understand some of the critical techniques it takes um, to, to work with couples in this crisis. If you're a counselor or a coach, please go to the website and look at the training that I'm offering in March. I do believe, let me look at my calendar. I want to say that that is, yeah, it is March 28th through the 31st. It's for professionals, any professional that wants to help couples heal from an empathy perspective and they don't want to do harm. You can go to my website to sign up. You can go to appsats.org, who's sponsoring this next training, and that is APSATS.org. And get yourself some good training to help these couples heal. They need you. All right, that being said, great show, Eva and Rowan. I love your work. And for the rest of you, I love you too. And as I say at the end of every show, there will only be one of you at all times, so fearlessly have the courage to be yourself. And we will see you next week for more Sex Help with Carol the Coach.